Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Alright, so today um, we are in the third episode of I Have a Friend Who, and um, in this episode, our episode title is Sunglasses, Sunglasses, and that is S-O-N, Sun, instead of S-U-N, Sun. So it is Sunglasses, alright, Sunglasses, praise the Lord. Um, okay, so our text will be will be in a, quite a few places, but our text will be from Matthew 18 and verse 18 to 20. I want to encourage you to take notes. I want to encourage you to leave comments on Mixella as well as on the Hangout. I want you to like this broadcast. I want you to ensure you give a lot of hearts, as many hearts as possible. I also want you to invite your friends. Tell your friends, send the link out to someone right now and make sure that they join in. Um, what we are sharing tonight is actually going to be very, very instructive and very good. And it will be very important that people join in into the service. All right, Matthew 18, from verse 18 to 20. I, I want to gist today, okay? I, I hope that's okay. I, I don't want to... I want to try not to um, shout. I just want to talk and just have a great time teaching and talking, okay? Um, so we're talking... Sunglasses, okay? We're talking sunglasses, and I would like to read from verse 18 to 20, Matthew 18. It says, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you, so more than one, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. Alright? Verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Alright? Um, so first of all, I would like to begin to teach by saying that God did not design you to live in isolation. Please write that down. God did not design you to live in isolation. God did not design your life to be lived in isolation. I'll better put it like this. Life was not designed to be lived in isolation. God wants us to do life within the community of people we call friends, okay? And this is very important as we begin this conversation tonight. 
Um, so when it comes to why are we calling this sunglasses, why are we call it, calling this sunglasses, the reason why is because God also wants you to see every aspect of your life through the lens of the Son, Jesus Christ. Alright? God wants you to see every aspect of your life, including your friendships and including your relationships, through the lens of the Son, Jesus Christ. Let me say this, there is no aspect of your life that redemption does not cover. Um, many people think that redemption only covers, I've talked about this a lot of times, and I'll, I'll talk about it again and again, alright, for as long as I can, that the spectrum of redemption covers everything that you need to do life here on earth, okay? So, um, when we speak about our relationships, or when we speak about relational harmony within amongst our friends, we are talk, calling this sunglasses because we want you to see even your friendships from the lens of God's amazing grace. We want you to see your, your friendships through the lens of the sun. Alright, so this is very, very important. Now, one of the things that you must understand is that through our lens, we construct a story. Through the lens that we are looking from, we construct a story. So whatever lens that you are looking from is going to determine the quality of the story that you are constructing. Through the lens that we view life from, we create our story. So there are many people that you would encounter who will tell you that they have trust issues. And, and really, that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight, okay? But just follow me. So there are many people that you would encounter, and they'll tell you, well, I have very severe trust issues. I don't trust anybody. You know, I'm a solo cook. Life has really punished me. People are vindictive. People are wicked. People are who they are, and all of that. Now, that's a lens, and that's not a good lens, okay? That's a lens... But it is not a good lens, all right? Because your lens, whatever lens that you are you are using, is what you are going to use to create your story. Your lens is the constructive tool for the story that you are telling. So if you're looking at life from a wrong lens, you're going to be writing a wrong story. And if you're looking at this conversation of community and friendships and all of that, if if you are if you are looking at if you are looking at the lens of friendships and community and relational harmony, if you're looking at that conversation from the wrong lens, you're going to be arriving at a wrong story. And if you're looking at this conversation from the right perspective, you're going to be arriving at the right conclusion or the right story. So your lens is the tool with which you write your story or with which you construct your story. Praise the Lord. Alright, so if your lens is faulty, 
your entire narrative is going to be faulty. If your lens is right, your entire narrative is going to be right. So what we are talking about is that we look at this concept and this idea of building relational harmony and building friendships from the standpoint of the Son, from the standpoint of Jesus, using sun glasses to look at this conversation. And why is it important? The reason why it is important is that there is no aspect of your life, including your friendship, that Jesus did not make provision for. Jesus made provision for every area of your life. So it is important that you begin to look at those areas of your life from the lens of the sun. Alright, now the book of Acts 10.38 tells us, please if you can go there very quickly, the book of Acts 10 and verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Who went about doing good. Alright, that word doing good means to do good deeds. Alright? It means to perform kind services. Alright? It means to perform kind services. So, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So, imagine, therefore, if Jesus went about doing good, imagine that Jesus found somebody who was lonely. Many of us do not recognize that the good that Jesus did also includes ensuring that we have um, friends who are in sync with us or friends who, who, who will do life together with us. That's also a good that Jesus came to do. Many times we relegate this doing good to spiritual things only or we relegate it to healing alone. When Jesus, when the Bible says Jesus went about doing good, it means that Jesus also went about providing good relationships, good friendships for people who he found to be lonely, people who he found to be in distress. So say, hey, you, you run along with that person and, you know, just help him or her become all that I have designed for them to be. So I, I, I'm, I'm using this scripture because I do not want you to relegate good to be only spiritual things. Good will also be that Jesus is interested in providing very harmonious friendships for us or bringing us in contact with people with whom we're going to do like that's also a good and that's something that I want you to realize. Now, if you do not see Jesus as someone who is interested in every area of your life, that's a wrong lens. And you're going to be writing a faulty story. You're going to be reaching a faulty narrative. Praise the Lord. You're going to be reaching faulty conclusions about that area of your life. So let's delve right into the conversation as we look at as we go back to Matthew chapter number 18. The Bible says, I tell you, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he goes on to say, if two of you will agree as touching everything or anything, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. So it's saying that, or you can, in context, 
understand that that thing that you're binding on earth, all right, that is going to be bound in heaven, is an agreement conversation. So you are standing in agreement with someone to declare that something ceases and it ceases because God recognizes and honors these kinds of relationships where people are in agreement. So it says, whatever you bind, that word bind is allowed. Whatever you allow on earth will be allowed in heaven. Whatever you disallow on earth will be disallowed in heaven. If two of you will come together and touch and agree as regards anything, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. So there's the idea that God is, that Jesus is promoting the conversation of agreement. And it takes more than, you know, a person can agree with themselves, but it also takes two people for agreement to come in. So two people agree as touching something, the Bible says it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Then it now goes on to say, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. So Jesus is building this conversation of harmony. Where two or three are gathered in my name. Now please write this down. The word gathered in my name has to do with gathering around a cause. So the name of Jesus is a cause. So the, the thing that powers relational harmony is a cause. There has to be a cause. There has to be a worthy cause. So, the Bible says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, the name of Jesus is a cause. So, Jesus is simply saying, wherever two or three are gathered around a cause, in this case, a worthy cause, which is the name of Jesus, Wherever two or three are gathered around an idea, so the name of Jesus is a cause. The name of Jesus is an idea. What is the idea that is behind the name of Jesus? It is the idea that all who believe in that name will be saved. That's an idea. That's a cause. The Bible says, They shall shout for joy that favor my righteous cause. Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. So the name of Jesus is a cause. So what Jesus is saying in essence is that people need to learn to begin to gather around a cause. And of course, the best cause to be gathered around or the best cause for other causes to flow from is the name of Jesus. So, what we are saying is that if you have a cause that you are pursuing, ensure that it flows from the name of Jesus. Ensure that it is something that glorifies and magnifies that name. Ensure that whatever cause you are pursuing with your life here on earth and with your friends magnifies the name of Jesus. So, Jesus is a cause. Jesus is an idea. Jesus is, is, um, um, is a movement. Alright, so God is showing us how harmony works. That harmony must be centered around a cause. You're friends with people for a cause. And you had better make that cause the cause of Jesus Christ. Okay, so why um, do you want to grow in your career? The end product must be the name of Jesus. Alright, so... You're growing in your career, that growth in your career is a means, alright, but the end has to be the name of Christ. The end is Jesus. Now you see, if we are not aligning our lives like this, it's going to be very easy for us to be swayed. If we don't make our living, you must make your living about one thing and one thing only. 
You see, all of it must come together to be one thing, which is to glorify the name of Jesus. Alright? So it says, if two or three are gathered in my name, that thing that powers unity or that powers harmony is a clear cause. So Jesus is saying, I want people to gather in my name. There's no ambiguity as regards why Jesus came. So, in, in order for you to develop relational harmony, there has to be clarity with regards to why you are coming into that conversation in the first place. Why are you becoming friends with this person? And I dare encourage you to make it about the name of Jesus. Even if your conversation is about, you know, business or whatever, find a way to make it about that name. Find a way to build harmony around the name of Jesus. Because um, the name name of Jesus is already light. You see, the name of Jesus is already light. The name of Jesus is how people find their way in darkness. If you have the name of Jesus as your GPS, you will never lose your way in life. So make your harmony about one name. That harmony might be about your business, about your, your investments, about whatever, but you, you cannot live life successfully let me say this, you cannot live life successfully if you relegate the name of Jesus to the background of your mind. The name of Jesus has to be at the fore of your mind. I always said this when I was, when I was in school. I am first a Christian before I am a student. I am first a Christian before I am a student. I am first a Christian before I am a businessman. I am first a Christian before I am a worker. I am first a Christian before I am any of those things. So, relational harmony works best when it is centered around a cause, when it is centered around the name, alright? That's very, very important. Now, it brings us back to the conversation of purpose in creation. You see, the name of Jesus was created with a purpose. There's a purpose to the, to the development. I'm using conceptual designs right now. I'm using conceptual designs conversation right now. So the name of Jesus was created, it was developed with purpose in mind. And so it also shows us how relational harmony works. How our friendships should work. And I mentioned these two Wednesdays ago. That all relational harmony must be aligned to a purpose. Must be aligned to a cause. So when scripture says that for where two or three are gathered, the, the gathering is in my name. The, the, the gathering makes no, makes no sense if it is not for a cause. The gathering makes no sense if it is not for a cause. The friendship makes no sense if it has no cause attached to it. We're not just friends so that we can eat pizza and jaye and do all of that. that. Those are good things, okay? So that can be a cause in itself so that it is purposeful. Um, um, we, we can call it... Um, um, maybe how we relax or, or what they call work-life balance. So um, it is not wasted. I actually spend time to play. I spend time to go to the movies. But there is a cause. And the essence of having a cause and making it about the name of Jesus is so that you don't lose yourself in, 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 in pursuing um, um, a cause you don't lose yourself in trying to enjoy something you don't lose yourself 
Why am I in this friendship? It is because we are championing the cause of the name of Jesus. So, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Hallelujah. So, let's, let's go on. Let's go on. Write this down, please. Our beliefs will filter what we see and how we see life. The things that we believe have, have a way of filtering what we see and how we see life. Praise God. So, if your lens, for example, if the way you see relational harmony helps you to grow in the grace of God and in the knowledge of Jesus, then that's a good lens. If your lens, the lens that you're looking from, is the less that believes that God is interested in your friendships, that's a good less. But if the lens that you're looking from is the lens that says, you know what, no one can be trusted. No one, um, um, there's no trust anywhere. You know, you, 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 you really can't trust anybody in this life. That's a very faulty lens. You know, that lens is going to lead you to isolation. That lens is going to lead you into um, seclusion, into living life in a solitary place. And God does not want you to be solitary. Um, let me say this because it came to my mind while I was preparing for this teaching. That you will find out that Jesus was always in the company of people, even though he withdrew himself to pray. So the only time Jesus withdrew himself, again, his withdrawal was for a purpose. He wanted to pray and commune with his father. After he finished communicating with, with his father and getting clarity about where he was going, he came back and stayed in the company of his brethren. So, we, we withdraw ourselves to pray, to get clarity. We withdraw ourselves to enjoy fellowship with the Lord. But we don't stay in isolation because somebody has hurt us in the past. Because we've been in a faulty um, um, situation in the past. All of those things are just Satan's way of robbing us of something that God has designed to be a blessing to us. And I'll show you as we go on here. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. So if you are that person who is listening to me today, and you have had a very terrible, a very nasty relational experience, a very nasty friendship experience, well, the way Jesus responds to the bad news of your experience is by proclaiming the good news of his kingdom. So the way Jesus responds to the bad news that you have experienced is by bringing you the beauty of his kingdom. If Jesus uh, encounters you and you have, a, you have had a very bad experience with regards to friendship, well, Jesus is going to proclaim to you the good news of his kingdom, which is, look, I love you, I want the best for you, I have designed that you would experience life in harmony with your friends, I have experienced that you do life in community and not in isolation, and I want you to enjoy that beautiful design that I have created for you. Jesus never responds to your bad news with more bad news. Jesus always responds to your bad news with the good news of his kingdom. Praise the Lord. Alright, now let's turn our Bibles to Colossians chapter number 1 and verse 17. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17. It says that 
and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. When he says all things, it means all things, including your friendship. I, I, I love the, the other translations. For example, the word in this translation says, and in him all things are held, held together, including your friendships. So in Christ, if Christ becomes the center focus of, of your, your friendship, then in Him, even your friendships are held together. It doesn't say all spiritual things. It doesn't say all Christian things. It doesn't say all, um, all um, you know, it says all things are held together. And when it talks about all things, it means all things that characterize your life. Listen, God has created such that our, our friendships and our relationships are a huge part of our lives. They're a huge part of our lives. I don't know if, I, if, I, if it has ever happened to any of you that you, you hang around someone for a bit and then you begin, to, you begin to pick up their values, you begin to pick up their virtues, you begin to pick up their slags, you begin to, they begin to rub off on you. Yeah, that's what friendships do. Friendships rub, rub off on us. They're a huge part of our lives. They're a huge part of our existence. And the Bible says that God has dis- designed such that in Christ, all things concerning our lives are held together, including our friendships, including our relationships. What it means is that in Christ, we find purpose for our friendships. In Christ, we find meaning for our friendships. In Christ, we find um, the cause for our friendship. It is in Christ that all things are held together. So what that means is that I will not pursue friendships that, is, that has not been defined by Christ. Let me put it like this. I will not pursue friendship outside of the definitions of Christ. So, oh, Peter, are you saying that we can't be friends with unbelievers? Of course we can be friends with unbelievers. Why not? But you see, it has to be defined by Christ. When Jesus was friends with the prostitutes and sinners, the tax collectors and all of that, number one, he wasn't to condemn them. So that's a definition. He wasn't to condemn them. Number two, he wasn't to be like them. <laughs> he wasn't to be like them. You know, many people hide under, I'm being friends so that I can win them, and then the next thing, you're becoming like them. Jesus first was not to condemn them. That was the, that was the scope of his friendship. He was, he was defined. He wasn't to condemn them. Number two, he wasn't to be like them. Jesus was not there to be like them. The, the purpose of his friendship with these people was to win them, was to bring them in, was to get them out of the things that they were, they were, they were hooked on and to get them into himself, into Christ. So our friendships are held together by the commonality of Christ, by, by, the, by the purpose that Christ gives. So Christ brings direction to our, our friendships. You know, we are not, okay, for example, so I've just used one example about being friends with unbelievers. Let me use another example about being, um, having a friend who is a business partner. We find a way to bring it down to Christ. So I'm not going to allow an influence in my business that, is, that, that, that does not find its root in Christ. Because at the end of the day, the essence of this relational harmony is so that Christ is glorified, Christ is exalted, and He is interested. I'll, I'll, I'll go there in a bit, praise God. Alright, so when God begins to speak to us, 
even about our friendships, all right, he gives us one, please write this down, he gives us a picture. The picture that God gives to you is a picture of harmony. It's a picture of bliss. God wants you to be in harmony. God wants you to have blissful friendships. Friendships that are purposeful. The picture of friendship is purposeful. It's a cause-worthy friendship. And then God also gives us a promise. So when God begins to speak to us even about our friendships, one, there is a picture. Two, there is a promise. God never um, leaves his child without a clear picture of what any area of their life should look like. And God never leaves any child of his without a clear promise about what any area of your life should look like. Woo, I love that. God gives us a picture and a promise. Glory to God. Let's look at Second Peter chapter number 1 and verse 3. Let's look at that very quickly. Second Peter chapter number 1 and verse 3. Second Peter chapter number 1 and verse 3. It says, His divine power has given to us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. I'll read that again from the King James. He says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. So we see that first, God has given us all things through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of Christ. So what it means is that all the things in our lives have their meaning and have their definition in Christ. This is so important. So that when life points something to you that does not find its meaning in Christ, you can know to say, no, that, that's, not, that's not it. Glory to God. You can know to say, oh, no, 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 that's not it. That's not, that's not, um, that's not like Jesus. That's not like Christ. Alright, you can notice say, look, that's not like the finished work of Jesus. That's not for me. Because Jesus is clear as to what the scope of what he brings into our life is. So he says, according as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. What does this mean? The things that we need for life and for godliness. And clearly, as I'll show you as we go on, we need friendships and relational harmony for life. And even for godliness. And the Bible says, His divine power has given us all things. So if you are that person that, that you know, believes that God is not interested in my friendships, you are, you are wrong. If you are that person that has come to a place of, of mistrust, you are wrong. So, the place, the right place to be is that, okay, you know what, Lord, this is an important aspect of my life. And going forward, I trust you to bring the right people into my space. To bring me in company with the right set of people. Hallelujah. Let, let me give you an example. When I was getting into the university, um, one of the things that happened to me was that I... I 
I prayed a prayer before I left home. And I said, Lord, um, I'm going to school, never been in school before. I want to ask you to bless me with the right company. I want to ask you to, you know, help me to identify the right people with whom I'm going to do life on this campus. Help me to be in company of the right people. People who will help me to stay focused, to not be distracted. People whose values align with mine. Alright? People who were going in the direction that I was going. People who came into the university for the right cause. Who came into the university for the right reason. So that I don't miss my way. Now that prayer became the compass through which or with which, you know, because God actually answered that prayer. And why did God answer it? It's as, as if to say, no, that's actually my will for you already. So you really don't need to, you know, that's already my will for you. And I, and I realized that whilst I was on campus, I was surrounded by beautiful friends, people who, who love the Lord, people who, whose values were aligned with mine, you know, people who, I mean, for example, when we were in school, we had situations where, because our, 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 our fees were in millions, our fee was in millions, in millions, we would have people who would lie to their parents and say, you know, my school fees is um, 2.3 million. And then when they collect the school fees, they won't even attend semester for that, for that, they won't even attend classes for that semester. So they collect 2.3 million, and they don't attend classes, alright, they skip the semester, that's, they stop the entire semester, and push all of their stuff to the next semester. And then guess what they would do with the money? I mean, they would buy cars on campus, they would buy all manner of, you go to their rooms, you're seeing really big plasma TVs, you're seeing really beautiful um, game consoles, you're seeing, I mean, these guys who have the resources to, to get babes, you know, from, from other universities and all of that. There was something we used to call control imports. <laughs> control I is when a, an Asian student, you know, imports babes from, like, Federal University of Technology, Yola, that's FUTI, or they bring people from outside of campus. So these guys were running that kind of life, you see, and it was fun for them. But, but why, did, why was it impossible for, for me to do that? Do you think it was because I was stronger? Do you think it was because, you know, I had a strong will and a strong determination? No, it wasn't because of that. It was because I had already been surrounded by the right kind of people. People who, if I even intended, imagine even even came to my mind to do. They say, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, so I was already surrounded by the right kind of people. People who helped me to develop. And that was God answering the prayer that I made. Why? Because it's actually in sync, you know, with, with his plan and purpose for my relationships. That I'm surrounded by people who have the same values, who are anchored in Christ. People who um, have their heads on their shoulder. Do you understand? People who are not, they are not puffed up, they are not carried away, they are not, none of that. They are actually right thinking people. And you see, let me tell you what happened. I did a four year program in three and a half years and came out with a first class. Because I was surrounded by people with whom our values were aligned. A four-year program, I finished in three and a half years. 
Because everybody was encouraging everybody. Everybody was strengthening everybody. When it's time for fellowship, we're all going to fellowship together. When it's time to eat, we're all going to eat together. You know, most times you see us in either of our rooms. So you have, if you want to find me, you, there, there are a few places you can always find me. I'll either be in Faye's room, or I am in Cynthia's room, or we are all in, in Daniel's room, or we are in, you know, we just had our company like that. And we did life together. So, we're saying that God loves to bring you into that place of harmony. You can have that same kind of, of relationship for your business. People who are spirit-filled, tongue-talking, you know, who encourage one another, and then they go after business with that mindset. You can have that for your career as well. And it's important that you don't have the lens of mistrust. And you don't begin to live life as though, well, it's very hard to trust anybody, so I'm just going to go my life solo. No, that's not God's plan for your life. So, according as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life, having good friends, actually pertains to life. It helps to make life easier. Being in a community of faith-filled people, being in a good local church, actually helps to make life easier. You know, you must believe that God wants you to be in relational harmony with beautiful people that He has placed in your life. I'm going somewhere with all of this. Praise the Lord. I'm going somewhere with all of this. Alright? So, if we go back to Matthew chapter number 18, please let's go back there very quickly. If we go back to Matthew chapter number 18, it says, again, truly I tell you, if two of you will agree on earth as touching anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So, look at the power of agreement. If we agree, it will be done. If you look at Genesis chapter number 11, let's look at that very quickly. Genesis chapter number 11 from verse 5 to 6. Genesis 11 from verse 5 to 6. Then the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the sons of men were building. And the Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people, speaking the same language... For then nothing they devise will be beyond them. See that? See that? That's the power of relational harmony. The Lord himself came down to find these people united. And he said, if they are speaking the same language and they are working as one people, they cannot be divided. So, listen, when the enemy begins to bring mistrust into your heart concerning friendships, concerning other people, it is because he knows that there is a power of agreement that is needed to get things done, to get things to be established. You decree a thing and it shall be established. If two of you will touch and agree as regards anything, it will be done. Look at this relational harmony that is going on here. That God even came down to say, look... There is nothing these guys have put their hearts to do. So long as they are speaking one language, so long as they are speaking the same language, they cannot be stopped. So Satan knows that there is power in harmony. He knows that there is power in, in connections. There is power in, in, in developing 
cause-centered harmony. And so what you would do is to begin to bring that narrative of don't trust anyone. You can never trust anyone. You know, <laughs> no one can be trusted. You know, and you know what, what he's doing? The Bible says that one will chase a thousand, two will put ten thousand to flight. When he was talking about that, he wasn't talking about marriage alone. He wasn't talking about just marriage. He was talking about the power of harmony. The Bible says two are better than one. Alright? If one stumbles, there will be one to lift him up. But he now goes on to say, he says, Woe to the one who is alone when he falls. For there will be no one to pick him up. Can you see how powerful this conversation is? That's why it has to be cross-centered. That's why it has to be Christ-centered. That's why it has to be Christ-governed. And Satan knows that there is so much power in this conversation of harmony. That's why he fights it. Once somebody has offended you, you say, I can't trust anybody anymore. You have to be careful. You have to mount your guard. You have to do this and all of that. Now, that's it. We all say it. We all do it. But we must be careful that we don't remove our eyes from Jesus, who really, truly wants us to have relational harmony amongst ourselves. And then begin to do life using our own heads. Listen, once you accept that um, there is no, there is no, you know, my heart is closed towards people. Once you accept that kind of life, you begin to have issues. First, you know, it will just look like everything will now begin to go in the direction of what you have believed in the first place. Everything. People will now begin to behave like you expect them to behave. People will now begin to betray you even more because that's what you believe they will do. Then there will be more stupid people being attracted to you and coming into your space and then they will betray you because somehow your lens has moved, your focus has moved from Christ to the betrayal, to the hurt, to the pain. And so we have to be careful. God wants you to experience relational harmony. That has to be uppermost on your mind. Beautiful things happen when we agree. So we don't allow um, um, that, that power to be lost simply because somebody has been hurt before. You know what scripture says about hurt, pain? Scripture says to forgive. Scripture says to let it go. That doesn't mean that you have to be friends with them anymore. But scripture says to forgive. Scripture does not say that if somebody has offended you, then that offense must affect a new, a new, a new friendship. Or that you should go into a new friendship with the same lens of, I, I can't trust you. You see, we're going to be robbing ourselves. Here's what I wrote down here. If God uses people so much to bless us, can you not see that it is Satan, or it is Satan's plot, to ensure that you develop trust issues, so as to not be open to the one major way that God actually blesses us? So it's like him, it's like the enemy. You create those barriers of trust in your heart, so that your heart is closed. 
But you see, the way to approach relational harmony is to look at it from the lens of Christ. My heart is on Jesus, trusting Him to bring to me all of the communications, all of the community that I need to do life effectively, according as His divine power has given to me all things that pertain to life and to godliness. He loves to bless me with the right people. Look at the first um, conversation in the book of Matthew. If we agree as touching everything, my father will do it. The other one in Genesis says, look, these guys, they are united. They are in harmony. There is nothing that they touch that will not succeed. So this is a very powerful power. You know, I laugh at people who love to just isolate themselves. They just love to isolate themselves. They just love to stand in isolation. They, they enjoy isolation. That's not God's plan. If you look at the, the, the New Testament, you would find out that there was always a tribe of people. There were always communities of people who did life together. God always placed people in communities. That's why you shouldn't joke with your local church. That's why you shouldn't joke with the friendships that you're building. Listen, let, let me say this to you. Instead of running away from friendships, instead of running away from the communities, we are supposed to be looking out to the things that Jesus put in place to guide us in our relationship with the, amongst this community. And I'm going to mention one tonight. I will mention only one. So, Jesus is not saying, if your brother offends you, never have a friend anymore in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying, if somebody offends you, close the door of friendship for the rest of your life. Which is what most people get to do. One person offends you, then the door is closed on everybody. Everybody is now, is now um, a suspect. I told you. that, And then many people will now hide under discernment. They say, I'm, I'm being discerning. I'm following the Spirit. Shut up. <laughs> no, it's not true. You have now started, you move from discernment to suspicion. We can trust the Holy Spirit to discern accurately, but it must not be from a place of hurt of what somebody else has done to us in the past. Praise God forevermore. So God wants us to be in relational harmony. Look at the powerful thing that happens when people, people come together. The Bible says if we touch and agree, as regards anything, it will be done by my Father in heaven. So God himself respects agreements. He respects it. He loves it when it happens. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Alright, so let's look at the, the... So, I said to you, I said, instead of, run away, of running away from, from friendships because you've been hurt... Let's look at what God has created to help govern my relationships with my friends. Instead of running away from it, let's build ourselves around the parameters that God has designed to help us, to guide us as we build this relational harmony. Alright, let's look at this one. I'll just give you one of them. One of the tools that God has given... To help us, um, to guide us, alright, or to help us in building relational harmony. 
Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him. You know, we have interpreted this scripture to mean, because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And we say, we are the joy set before him. That's why he endured the cross. That is not true. The word for, in that scripture, that word for, in that scripture. First of all, when he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, is both um, for us to see who we are, and for us to get the right template of what our lives should be like. He says, for the joy set before him. That word for is the word in the Greek, anti. That's where we get the word anti-Christ, anti-this, anti, that's A-N-T-I. Alright? And it means instead of. It means opposite to. It means in exchange for. It means as a substitute for. Alright? It means in return for. So, it is actually rendered as instead of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What that means is that what was the joy that was set before him? The joy that was set before him, please pay attention very well. The joy that was set before him was in this context was not you and I. The joy that was set before him was the relationship that he had with his father. The relationship, the harmony and the union that Jesus had with his father. So what the scripture is saying, instead of choosing the harmony that he had with his father, instead of choosing the joy that was set before him, he had an option. Should I stay with my father or should I come down to die for these people? So it is instead of, alright, instead of the joy set before him, in opposite to the joy, that instead of going towards you know, the joy set before him, which is union or harmony with his father. He turned and started going in the, in, the, in the direct opposite of that joy. And what was that? He started coming down to earth. Instead of staying with his father to enjoy harmony. You know, on the cross, when Jesus shouted, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was not the pain of what he was experiencing on the cross that was his problem. It was the pain of the separation from his father that was his biggest issue. That was the joy that was set before him. That he abandoned because he wanted to die for us. So, what we are seeing here is that Jesus did not put himself first in his union with us. He put us first. So who for the joy set before him? Instead of the joy set before him, he abandoned the joy set before him and put us first. You will hardly cultivate any meaningful friendships with eyes fixed on how that friendship will benefit you alone. You will never cultivate any meaningful friendships if your eyes are fixed on how that friendship will benefit you alone. 
You will not be able to cultivate any meaningful relationship. All meaningful friendships are friendships that are built on sacrifice. They are friendships that are built on letting down. So you, you, you see, it, no matter how rich a friend is, don't be the receiver alone. No, 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 no. If your friend is so rich and they don't mind giving to you, giving to you, one day shout and say, no, 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 enough, enough. No, I have to be, I have to give something in this friendship. I have to bring something to the table. Every time you go out, they are always the ones buying stuff. Every time you go out, they are always, and you are happy. You are happy, chop up. You know, you think you are smart. You think it's wise. You think it's something that, oh, boo-hoo. Let me tell you, the giver always gets bigger. You've got to understand that. The guy who is always giving, the guy who is always, you've got to be smart, my friend. The guy who is always spending the money, I'm telling you, they will continue to be rich. They will continue to be rich. So sometimes, say, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Today, I'm the one handling lunch. It's okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, 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 no. Just don't agree. You see, we, like Jesus, he put us first. So, relational harmony is built by putting other people first. We put them first. Not ourselves. Sometimes, you get to a point where you say, okay, you know what, it's enough. No, 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 don't, 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 no, 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 I'm the one handling this thing today. But there are many people who enjoy receiving and 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 receiving some more. They never enjoy giving. They never enjoy it. It's not something they love. It's not something they enjoy. It's not something they never enjoy it. They, they, they consider themselves as very smart. You see, Jesus, instead of the joy, so how do we build this relational harmony, okay? We are not the kind of people that will keep receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving. We, we develop a cultivation or a culture of, of giving as well, of being a blessing to other people as well. You all, see, you, you, you have a friend who always prays for you, who always prays for you. One day say, no, I'm the one going to pray for you today. Today is my turn to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you today. Because there are many people who enjoy giving. They don't do this instead of. There's a joy that you, that you, that you, sorry, they, they enjoy receiving. They don't do the instead of. There's a joy that is set before you from receiving. But instead of that joy, you go the opposite direction and become the giver. Jesus, instead of the joy that was set before him, the Father was the joy that was set before him. He didn't go in that direction, glory to God. He didn't go, go in that direction. He didn't say, okay, you know what? Um, you guys, you guys, you, you guys, you guys will be alright, okay? You guys will be alright. Um, um, let me send Angel Gabriel to just chill with you guys for a bit. This joy that I'm enjoying with my father, uh, 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 I can't let it go. The Bible says, instead of the joy that was set before him, he came down to earth. He moved in the opposite direction of that satisfaction that he would have received from his father. And came for us. We, came, we became the new focus. 
Now, why, is he, why does he say fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? He's also template for us. Instead of that joy. I said, let me, let me say this again. You will hardly con- cultivate any meaningful friendships with eyes fixed on how that friendship benefits you alone. You will hardly cultivate any meaningful friendships with your eyes fixed on how the friendship benefits you alone. So instead of the joy set before Jesus, he chose us. We became the new joy set before him. Praise the Lord forevermore. So, as a person who is willing to build relational harmony, don't always be the receiver. When you go into friendships with other people, go in with the mind of how to be a benefit or how to be a blessing to them as well. Go in with that mindset. It will always stand you out, I promise you. It will always stand you out. It will always stand you out. You know, last year, I had about, I had a couple of people who gave to me millions last year, you know. Um, one, of, one, of my, one of my fathers in the Lord um, who, who is always a blessing to me, partners with me in business and all. He gave to me over, he gave to me about 1.2 million naira the whole of last year. And some other people gave me, you know, money in millions as well. You see, when the year was over, I took gifts to all of them. And I was just saying to myself today, it's possible that I was the only one who took gifts to them. You see, because I don't have a, I'm a receiver kind of mindset. I'm always looking for something I want to give as well. I'm always looking for something I want to give as well. I want to also be a blessing. You know, one of these men partnered with us during Relentless last year. Partnered with us during Relentless. That's partnered with the Blueprint Church. I think he gave to us about 100,000 for, for Relentless last year. Because that's my mind. You will see it in our organization too. So I said, okay, you know what, we have, to, we have to come together and put something together as an appreciation. So we did a really nice throw pillow, and we did a lovely thank you card, and we, and we bought some gifts, and, and then we took it to him. Not just him, we took it to, we did to everybody who partnered with us in that relentless. Why? Because we're not looking for how to just be receivers alone. We're learning to be givers as well. We're learning to be a blessing to those, those relationships as well. We're learning to give. We're learning to be a blessing to them as well. That's how you build relational harmony. Praise the Lord forevermore. So this is, this is, this is how this thing works. Who for the joy set before him. He moved in opposite direction of that joy. And decided to choose us. So there are many times that we would we would we would decline some some if somebody if you if you have a friend who is always in the business of being a blessing to you, it's time for you to go in the opposite direction. The next time they come up and say, you know what, let's do as always, you say no, this time is my turn. Alright, this time is my turn. Praise the Lord forevermore. So these are some of the conversations that are, that, so we, we, I want you to have sunglasses on your eyes when you're looking at the conversation of friendships. 
Let it be from the perspective of the Son. Number one, God wants you to have relational harmony in your life. God believes in the power of agreement. God shows us the power of agreement. God shows us the power of unity, the power of community. God does not believe in isolation. You see, the world that we live in today is getting more and more isolated. People are getting more and more lonely. Even though they have 50,000 followers on Instagram, they are finding out that they are getting more and more lonely, more and more lonely. People are getting lonelier and lonelier every day. And I tell you the reason why. It's because they are not following the templates that Jesus has provided. Our friendship has to be cause-driven. God believes in relational harmony. He wants us to have friends who are driven by the same cause with us. God does not want you to be lonely. He doesn't. He doesn't want you to be lonely. He doesn't want you to be alone. He doesn't. He wants you to be in the company of other people who inspire you. A commun- your church community, for example. People who inspire you. A community of faith. A community of, 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 of love. A community of, 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 of affection. A community of self-sacrifice. Hallelujah. God loves you that much. I was saying just now that many people are lonely. People are, people are experiencing a lot, of, a lot of pain, a lot of loneliness. And the reason why is that, one, they are isolating themselves. Two, they are developing very severe trust issues. And they are forgetting that there is something called the power of agreement that even God endorses. So God wants you to live in agreement with other people. And Jesus is that plug, hallelujah. When we see Jesus, we see him being interested in every area of our lives. We see him being interested in every area of our lives. So, um, let me say four things. Just four things that I, that I want you to remember in this teaching. Number one, life was not designed to be lived in isolation. Number two, if God uses people so much to bless us, you can now see the reason why Satan plots to ensure that you develop trust issues. So that you are not open to the one major way that God blesses us. Three, God does not want you to open to just anyone. He doesn't want you to be open to just anyone. God wants you to be open to people who are aligned to your cause. So there has to be a cause. And I'm saying make that cause about Jesus. Whether it is business, whether it is career, whether it is um, whatever. Whether it is leisure, even if it is games, funds, whatever, fun, I say funds, fun, whatever it is that you're doing, make your cause about Jesus. So, God doesn't want you to just open to anyone. He wants you to open to people who are aligned with your cause. The fourth thing 
that I want you to remember is that discernment is necessary, but discernment is not suspicion. So have a discerning heart, but don't have a suspicious heart. Alright? Now, in Christ, all things are held, held together, including your friendship. In Christ, all things consist. All things are held together, including your friendships. You've got to begin to believe this. Stop allowing the pain of the past to determine the kind of friendships you're going to have in your future. Stop allowing the things that people did to you in your past to determine, you know, the quality of friendships that you're going to have in your life. If you do that, it means you have removed your eyes from Jesus and you are still putting your eyes on the things in your environment. With your eyes on Jesus, here's the conversation to have. With your eyes on Jesus, you're saying, Lord, I trust you that you will consistently bless me with friendships that align with my purpose. Lord, I trust you that your grace is sufficient to bring me into a community of believers, a community of faith, a community of love. I thank you that you have led me to the right church and you are leading me to develop the right kind of friends. And I am in a community of faith. I love my brother. My brother loves me. I love my sister. My sister loves me. And we are building together. Lord, I thank you because I do not have trust issues. Thank you because you have healed me from the pain of the past and you have brought me into a new place where you are able to fix my life with the right kind of people. Lord, I thank you for the power of agreement. I have people in my life with whom I am doing life, with whom I am agreeing, I am in agreement, and with whom we are experiencing the miracles of God. Lord, I thank you because my friendships and my relationships are not one-sided. I thank you because I am not just a receiver in those friendships, but I'm also a giver, and I'm also a generous one for that matter, glory to God. This is how, you know, we grow. Praise the Lord. When you look at life from God's lens... Alright, you can write a better story. Glory to God. Don't forget that a lens is a tool for constructing your story. So what is your story going to be concerning friendships? What is your story going to be? Is it going to be that of betrayal, that of hatred, that of hurt, that of pain, that of loneliness, that of sorrow? It's going to be that of what your story is going to be. Whatever your story is, it may just simply be as a result of the lens that you're looking from. Listen, I want to say this finally. There is no time a believer will release their faith in a particular direction, all right, without having results of the God kind. I want to say that again. Every time you release your faith, Trusting the Lord, seeing the provision that Jesus has made for you, for your friendships. Every time you release your faith, alright, and you're doing that, looking onto Jesus, and seeing the provision He has made for you in the area of friendships, you will not come back disappointed. 
The Bible says they looked to him and they were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. If you look to Jesus as the connection point for all of your friendships, I'm telling you, your face will be radiant in that area and you will not be ashamed. You will not be broken. God has a way of orchestrating those conversations and those connections such that you always be better for it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because your word has come with power. We are looking at life through the lens of the sun. We are looking at friendships through the lens of the sun. Lord, we thank you because we are not failing. We thank you because we are not having or developing trust issues. Peradventure, there is anyone who has been hurt by the sting of a brother or a sister who has been broken by the words that people said concerning them or people said about them, people who have been discouraged by the friendships that they had in their past. Lord, we speak a new recovery. We speak healing. We speak wholeness. We speak restoration. We speak healing right now for their minds, for their, for their, for their hearts. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing to every broken heart everyone who has been hurt by the word spoken to them by their friends we declare healing right now and we decree in the name of Jesus going forward they will remove their eyes from the environment and they will put their eyes on you who is the order and the finisher of our faith and we thank you because you're honoring our faith, you're bringing the right kind of people into our lives in the name of Jesus, you're leading us into the right friendships cause purpose driven friendships in the name of Jesus we thank you because we are making meaningful connections this year we are making meaningful developments this year we are making meaningful contributions into the lives of our friends we thank you for the people with whom we do church we thank you because you are building unity amongst us you are causing us to love one another with the love of Christ we thank you because there are no backstabbing there are no gossips there are no lies spoken about one another and to one another concerning one another in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have returned to the very purpose for which you establish friendships in our lives. And every one of us is experiencing beauty in this area of our lives. Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Jesus, in your holy name, we have prayed. Amen. The people of God say amen. I sense in my heart that there is a peace that this word is producing in somebody's heart concerning this particular area. I just sense in my heart that there is a peace flooding your heart. You have been, you have been, you have been, um, you have been really worried about, you know, this this particular area. You, some of you, I, I actually see in my mind's eye some people crying. I have no friend. I have nobody to trust. I have no one to love me. I have nobody to trust. Nobody trusts me. I don't trust anybody. You know, and it seems like you've been living your life in isolation. And I just sense a peace coming into your heart, you know, right now. That this particular area of your life has been sorted, 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 sorted. You know, because you are now believing the right things 
From today, God is flooding your heart with beautiful people. People who love the Lord. People who are driven by the same cause. People who are driven by the cause of Jesus Christ. People with whom you're going to partner in business. Who have the same heart for the gospel. People whom you would grow to, to connect with. Alright? Not just romantically, but in every other area. People who you will pray for and they will pray for you. People who you would encourage and they will encourage you, you would find out that you you are surrounded by beautiful connections in your life. Hallelujah. I sense that in my heart, that in, you know, in the next couple of weeks and months, you know, you would find yourself surrounded. God will open your eyes to see that you are actually surrounded with very beautiful people and God will cause you to begin to know by the wisdom of the Spirit how to cultivate those relationships, how to cultivate those connections in the name of Jesus by the wisdom of God. You are functioning in precision. You are functioning in light. You are functioning in light. Light is shining in this area of your life. Light is shining in the area of your friendships. There are many of you who have been making bad decisions when it comes to choosing friends. It's, it's, it's simply because the cause was wrong. The cause was wrong, but right now, you know, because you are aligning your cause to the cause of Jesus Christ, your your friendship decisions are the right friendship decisions. You're no longer making mistakes in the area of friendships. In the name of Jesus, God is leading you, guiding your steps to people who will admire you, people who will develop you, people who will love you, people who will point to you, and people whom you're going to point to as well. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're growing by the Spirit. And life is easy for you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hellofatblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.